Welcome to Central, and I hope your new year is off to a tremendous, tremendous start. Hey, hey before we jump into the message, a couple things just want to bring to your attention. Uh, first is we're kicking off a brand new series uh, next week called Citizens, and we're going to pick back up our verse-by-verse study through the book of Philippians. And Paul says, makes a statement, he says, it says, above all else, like it's pretty important, above all else, conduct yourself as a, a citizen of heaven. And so we're going to be unpacking just what, is, what does that even mean? How do we do that? How do we experience uh, that, that in our new year, in our day-to-day life? I uh, also want you to know there's an opportunity coming up to serve our city. It's going to be taking place uh, in January 21st and 22nd. If you want to kick off this new year by, by serving our community, just being the hands extended into our community of Jesus to, to help some hurting people, man, you can go to our website and sign up for that, centralsj.org, and uh, check out the events page and, and those things and some more uh, coming up. But, but let's, uh, let's jump into today's message. There is, there's power in first things, right? There's, there's power. We remember uh, first things. We remember uh, when we, we got our first job, right? We remember the first day on the job. We remember uh, maybe your kids' first words. Uh, regardless of what my wife says, they were all data, data. That's what all data, first words. It's important. First kiss, remember first day of school, uh, maybe you remember the first time your team uh, won that championship, like your favorite team. Uh, man, we remember those. It marks us. I remember the first time my, my favorite baseball team, favorite football team won the championship. And man, I was, I was yelling at the TV like I was there. Uh, but I, can, I remember it. it. It marks us. There's significance in first things. And matter of fact, the Bible has this, this theme threaded throughout the Bible from beginning to end. And, and scholars, theologians call it this. They call it the law of of first things. It's, it's this basic principle that, that whenever you put God first in whatever area of your life, uh, he blesses. And he actually, he desires to be first in, in all areas of our life. And so, so when we put God first in our finances, man, he, he blesses our finances. We see that throughout the Bible. Whenever we put God first in relationships, uh, he, he blesses those relationships. We put God first in our work, in, in our minds, in our thoughts. He, he, he blesses it. And whenever we put God first, I believe in our year, I believe he, he blesses the rest. And so that's why we're entering into 21 days of prayer and fasting, just to say, God, we're putting you first in 2022. And I can't wait to see all God has in store for you and uh, for me, for our church, as we, we embark on this journey together to put, put God in his rightful place first in this new year. We, we, we're kind of doing a mini series. Last week we kicked off with part one of why prayer and fasting. So if you missed that, uh, you can go back, check that out on our website or wherever you, you listen to podcasts, your favorite podcast platform. You can watch it there or on our app. Uh, we also have created a special webpage for our uh, season of prayer and fasting. You can check it out at uh, centralsj.org forward slash prayer and fasting. Last week's message will be there. This week's message will be there as well. But trying to give you all the resources uh, that, that you might need to, to go on this journey with us. Because if you, if you embark on this journey with us over these next 21 days, uh, seven things you're going to experience. You're going to experience seven things that the Bible promises takes place when we fast. And so I, I hope you'll go on this, this journey with us. And as you do, here's what you can expect. Uh, we could do a lot more than seven, but seven just seemed like a good way to start. And so here's the first one. Uh, the first is that, that fasting, it, it humbles our soul. This might not sound like great news at first, but, but if we're honest, like 
we can all become a little bit self-sufficient. We can all become a little bit self, self-reliant. And if you, you know, you, you, at work, that's a great attribute to have. Uh, whenever it comes to kids doing their homework, being self-sufficient is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, but whenever it comes to self-sufficiency in our spiritual journey with Jesus, it's detrimental. Because God desires to be number one. He is all sufficient. He desires for us to depend on him, to rely on him, to humble ourselves under his, 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 his love, under, under his care, under his, his provision. Uh, humility is a big deal, a big part of that. Andrew Murray, one of my, my favorite devotional writers, he wrote a book titled Humility. And in that book, he says this, he, he defines humility in this way. Humility is total reliance on God. Total reliance on God. Pride is the opposite of that. Pride says, I'm going to do things my own way. Pride's about me. Humility's total reliance on God. And in James, James 4, 6, James would write this. He says, God opposes the proud. Uh, that, that word opposes, it, it literally means to keep at an arm's distance, like almost like a stiff arm. Like God, like if we're going to have pride in our hearts, God's like, ah, I can't, I'm not, nah, we're not doing that. God opposes the proud, but check this out. He shows favor to the humble. Listen, you want favor on your life in, in 2022? Well, how do we do it? Well, he shows favor to the humble. And so let's humble ourselves with, with prayer and, and fasting so we can experience the favor of God as we embark on this, this new year. Andrew Murray, he would also write this about pride. He says, says, pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. And man, we, all, we want the things of heaven activated in our lives, don't we? So, so, so fasting has a way of humbling ourselves before, before the Lord. Andrew, he would write this again. He says, humility is the displacement of self by the enthronement of God. And so whenever we fast, man, we're, we're coming to God and saying, God, more than anything, I just need you. My, my utter reliance is on you. And God, if I've been calling the shots, I'm going to displace myself from the throne of my heart. And I'm going to put you back on your rightful place and enthrone you there. Fasting has a way of doing that. In Ezra, Ezra chapter 8, here's what's taking place in this verse. Uh, before this, they're, they're actually, they were deported to a foreign land. They, they were going back to Israel, and the king's like, hey, uh, as you're going, I'll send you, I can send security guards, I can send soldiers, I can send some covering for you. And Ezra makes this bold move, and he says, you know what, what kind of witness would that be for, for, for you to about our God? And so he says, you know what? We're good. Our God will take care of us. And how many of you ever like made a bold claim like that? And you're like, oh boy, God, you got to help us, right? That's kind of what takes place with Ezra. He he makes this bold claim. We don't need you. We don't need your your horses. We don't need your soldiers. Our God will take care of us. And so what does he do? He calls a fast. He says, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Hava that we might humble ourselves before God. And fasting has a way of humbling ourselves to come to God and say, God, if you don't help us, I don't know if we're going to make it here. And as we kick off this year, we just want to dethrone ourselves and enthrone God in his rightful place and just acknowledge, God, if you don't help us in this new year, man, I don't, we just don't even want to move forward in that direction. Fasting humbles us. Psalm 35, 13, the psalmist wrote this. He says, I put on sackcloth and I humbled myself. How? With fasting. 
Fasting has a way of, of humbling our hearts. Uh, here's how this works. When we fast, we're, we're telling our physical man that our spirit man is more important. You're, you're, you, right now, you have a, a physical body. I have a physical body. But you also have a spirit living inside of this physical body. And sometimes our, our physical man, our flesh, can, can well up and over, kind of overshadow our spiritual life. And so whenever we fast, we're saying, you know what? Our, my spirit will live forever. My body is temporary. So I need to focus on, on building myself spiritually. And fasting puts our physical bodies in its rightful place and says, no, no, no. We're not going to eat some of those things. We're not going to enjoy some of those things because our, our, our spiritual life is more important than what's taking place in a, on, a, on a physical, physical level, telling our, our physical body who's, who's really in charge here. It humbles ourselves. A second benefit of fasting is that fasting helps secure favor in situations, secure favor in situations. We talked a little bit about this word favor uh, throughout our, our Christmas series uh, in December, but, uh, but favor is this. If we could just boil it down, what is favor? Favor, I would define it this way, preferential treatment. Preferential treatment. How many of you want, want preferential treatment as you embark on this, this new year to be favorably disposed to, to people, uh, maybe to a boss, maybe to a neighbor, maybe to a spouse, maybe to a, a civil authority, maybe that friend or coworker you've been trying to, to share Jesus with to, to get, get some preferential treatment in that situation. We see this played out in several scenarios throughout the Bible. Uh, one of them, though, that I want to just highlight is, is Esther. Esther. In the book of Esther, Esther is, is, she's become queen of Persia, like this ultimate kind of authority through a bizarre set of circumstances. But here's Esther, and she gets word that this Persian, uh, the Persians are gonna, gonna wipe out the Jewish people. Like they're gonna, they're gonna kill everyone. That's her heritage. That's her people. That's the, the people of God. And so what does, what does Esther do? We read it in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 15 through 16. It says, Then Esther sent word, uh, reply to Mordecai, uh, that's her relative, and says, Go uh, to gather the people, uh, all the Jews who are in uh, Susa. And what does she ask them to do? Uh, Fast with me. Do not eat or drink for three days or nights. I and my maids will, will fast as well. That's, that's, that's called a whole fast. And so, so some of you, maybe as we kick off this 21 days, you want to apply this type of fast. And so that would be where you don't eat or drink. Some don't even drink water for three days. Uh, you want to check with probably a medical professional before you embark on something like that. But, but one of the best ways I found to fast is just, just water only for three days. And I, she experiences breakthrough. I've experienced it. You will too. Fasting is a beautiful way to experience some breakthrough and and so she calls this fast, says, I and my maids will fast. And when this is done, then I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Like for her to go to the king with, with any request, unless, unless she was like asked to come, she could be killed. And so she's coming to, to basically ask for a favor uh, from this king. And, and it's interesting the way that she actually ask him for the favor. Every time she goes to the king with a request, she phrases it this way. Esther 5a is an example of it. She says, if the king regards me with, with favor, and then she goes on to, to ask. And, and so, so she, she calls a fast for, for all the Jewish people. She's fasting. Her maids are fasting. They're asking God, God, show us favor. She goes to the king like, hey, do I have favor with you? Okay, then let me ask this. Do I have preferential uh, treatment from you? Do I have, do I have, are you going to see me in a, a favorable way? Then she makes her 
her request, and as a result, man, the, the, the Jewish people are spared, all because of the courage of one woman to call a fast. Her and her friends, they all fast. God showed her favor. Uh, another example of this would be from a guy named Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah was also in captivity in Persia under a different king at a different time. He's serving as cupbearer. He has the, the king's ear, like he's in the king's presence all the time. And the, the, the king had, um, uh, yeah, just, just issued a decree that, long story short, he basically issued a decree saying, hey, the walls of Jerusalem will not be rebuilt. Uh, he got word from neighboring countries saying that, that the people of Israel are rebellious people. And so don't, don't give them any, any kindness. And they, 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 they tear down the walls. And so Nehemiah gets word. His brothers come to visit him in Persia. And they're like, he's like, hey, how's it going? How are things in Israel? And they're like, it's not good. It's not good. The walls have been torn down. There's a decree. They're not going to rebuild them. And, and Nehemiah is distraught because, you know, his people are vulnerable. Uh, they could be attacked at any time. They're just kind of sitting ducks at this point, and here's where we pick it up in Nehemiah 1.4. He says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Asking God for favor. Praying, asking God, God, we need your help here. God, we're in a, we're in a tough spot. If you don't come through, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a way around this. And so here's his prayer in Nehemiah 1.11. He says, says, Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Nehemiah said, hey, as I'm fasting, as I'm praying, would you show me preferential treatment? Would you, would you go before me? Would you allow the king to show me favor as I talk to him and and if you've ever read the book of Nehemiah, then you know that, that the king does show him favor. And, uh, and not only shows him favor and lets him go uh, back to Israel, but like funds the project as well. It's a miraculous thing. But it all started because Nehemiah was doing what? Praying and fasting. I mean, you talk about, talk about favor. What about you? What do you need in this new year? As you, you look to the landscape of 2022, what area of your life do you need to experience favor? Listen, as you embark on this journey, 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're believing that God's going to show you favor in those areas of your life, just like he did for Esther, just like he did for Nehemiah, and just like he's done throughout his kingdom from the very beginning of time. The third benefit of fasting is that fasting helps us discern God's will. You know, we all face situations where we just don't know what God's will is. Like, like we, we look to the Bible, but it doesn't really tell you whether you should buy that car or not buy the car, uh, whether you should rent that house or not rent the house, whether you should take the new job or stay in the job that you currently have. Like, like it doesn't necessarily speak to those very specifics. And sometimes we're, when we're praying, we're, we're asking God, God, speak to us. God, show us. Let us know. What do you want? And sometimes it feels like Heaven's silent, right? Well, fasting and praying is a great way to discern God's will in some of those specific situations. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Daniel. He's a prophet, and he received this vision from God. He didn't know what it meant. And so, so here's what he, he does in Daniel uh, chapter 10, verses 2 through 3. He says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. He's in mourning because he has this vision, doesn't know what it means, doesn't know, doesn't know how to discern God's will in this situation. So, so he begins to fast to get clarity on what God's saying to him. So he says this, I, I ate no delicacies, no meat, no wine, entered my mouth. 
uh, nor did I anoint myself with oil for three full weeks. This is where we get actually 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is Daniel. There's a, a popular fast out there known as the Daniel fast. Uh, we, we see it here like he's not eating delicacies. Uh, so no cheese, no milk, no dairy products, uh, no meat, uh, no alcohol, uh, no coffee, no sports drinks, no, no, no none of that. that. That's considered a Daniel fast for, for 20, 21 days. Another great way to participate in this this fast. And so Daniel's fasting to get clarity on God's will. And, and here, here's what it says in Daniel 10, 12. He has this encounter with an angel. Like <laughs> you want some clarity. God sent an angel to tell, tell Daniel like the clarity around this, this vision. He says, so the angel said to me, uh, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, like as soon as you, soon as you declared, as soon as you turned your heart towards, as soon as you humbled yourself, as soon as you started seeking me, as soon as you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I came because of your words. So like supernatural stuff begins to take place. God sends an angel to speak to Daniel about what was taking place. But he was delayed three weeks. Why? Because of the, this, this demonic spirit, this spiritual warfare was going on. But all that was set in motion because Daniel decided to fast and pray. And God brought clarity into some specific things that Daniel was facing. He'll bring clarity to some specific things that you're asking God for as well. What is it that you need? What do you need clarity on? Begin to write those down as you begin to embark on this 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're just going to believe that God is going to speak to you about those. He did it for Daniel. He'll do it for you. Fourth benefit of prayer and fasting is that fasting gives us power to break demonic strongholds. Power to break demonic strongholds. Regardless of what you think about the unseen realm, about angels and demons, whatever, wherever you land on that, it doesn't make it any less real. It was C.S. Lewis who said this, you can give the devil too much or too little attention. And I just believe in our day and age, we, we probably give him too little attention. But the power of, in the battle of, of, of good and evil, of angels and demons is, is still very real. Uh, there's still a battle being waged right now for the souls of men, for your soul, for your family, in your situations. And fasting has a way to break demonic strongholds. We talked about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, but, but demonic, uh, casting out demons and, and breaking demonic strongholds was, was a regular practice in the New Testament. Like you read about Jesus, his ministry. You read about the, the, the apostles, the disciples. What did they do? Like it was a regular practice. And, and there's, there's clear evidence that prayer and fasting breaks demonic strongholds. Here it is, Matthew 17, 21. Uh, Jesus, he, we talked about this last week, but, but there's this guy, he, his son's demon possessed. The disciples can't cast it out. They don't know what's going on. Jesus said this kind, this kind only comes out by prayer and and fasting. Maybe in your life you've been struggling with perhaps the same issue year after year and you've tried everything in your own power. I would just suggest you that perhaps through this season of prayer and fasting you'll experience breakthrough from that stronghold. Fifth benefit of prayer and fasting is that that fasting prepares us for new seasons of life and ministry. New seasons of life in ministry. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never been more excited for a new season of life and ministry than, than at the beginning of this new year, 2022. Like 
Praise God for what he did last year. Praise God for what he did in 2020. A lot of things we want to forget, but God showed up in a whole lot of ways. But, but praise God for what he did five years ago, 10 years ago. Fasting prepares us for new seasons of life and ministry. Hey, let's be people who don't just point to five years ago when God showed up. Let's be people who, who don't just say, I remember when God spoke to me back in 1998. I remember 10 years ago. I remember God did this and it was 25 years ago. What about right now? God has a word for you now. God has a new season of, of, of ministry, of life. And fasting prepares our hearts for that. Uh, it was in December, uh, December 6th of last year. I was spending time in the morning uh, with Jesus. And, and it was a Monday morning. And if you know much about pastors, most pastors, if they resign, they resign on a Monday. Uh, most pastors and staff members, they're ready to quit on Monday. Probably because they're exhausted from the weekend, just fatigued and took some shots maybe from people that said things that maybe they didn't mean. But, but, but Mondays are, tend to be tough. This is a Monday. It was December 6th. And uh, I spent time with Jesus just kind of unloading on him about some, some things going on. And, uh, and, and he brought somebody to my mind. And they're entering into a new season of, of life and a new job. And I was just texting them. Uh, felt like I should send them this verse. And uh, it was the verse in, in Isaiah 43. And I uh, sent it to them. And as I thought about it, was reading it and I just felt like maybe that was a word for me. And, uh, and, and here, here's what Isaiah 43, uh, 16 through 19 says. It's like uh, God sets his credentials. He says, this is what the Lord says. He gives us a snapshot like who he is, the authority behind what he's about to say. He says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty water, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the armies, the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And so he's, he's talking about the Exodus. And if you're not familiar with the Exodus, it's the people of Israel have been held in captivity for hundreds of years. And God sent this guy named Moses, like not with an army, not with like an atomic bomb, just a shepherd with like a stick to, to go to the world's most powerful man, Pharaoh, and say, hey, your, your, your labor force here, the free labor you're getting from these, these people, I need you to, to let, them, let them go. It was like, that's unheard of. But if you know the, what took place over those 10 plagues and God, God let his people go out of the, the clutches of the world's most powerful dictator at the time. And what happens is that this nation of Israel's they're, they're leaving Egypt. They're in the Exodus and they're like old women and old men and kids and babies and livestock. And they're not like a fast moving group. Like they're kind of a, a slow target. And Pharaoh's like, what have I done? Like now I'm, now I'm, I'm going to have to do the work. Like I, my, my family's going to have my kids, like my friends, they're going to have to do all this work. And what have I done? So he's like, let's go get them, bring them back. And so they leave with their chariots and like, which would be like modern day tanks or drones and all the latest technology and warfare. And they leave with all that only for God to like snuff them out like a wick in, 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 a, in, a, in a, the Red Sea. Like, like it's a crazy scenario. But God's like, hey, I am the, I'm the one who did that. If I could do it for them, I can do it. I'm the one who's that powerful. And he's like, just sets the credentials for us. Like, just, just remember who's saying this right now. And here's what he says. He says, I want you to do something. I want you to forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Sometimes we get so focused on the rearview mirror that we can't see what God has ahead of us. Uh, I, I was kind of in that space uh, thinking about 
what was but is no more. Thinking about what could have been but for whatever reason didn't come to fruition. Thinking about who was here but, but no longer here. Think about the about, about way things could have been but, but didn't work out that way. And, and just kind of staring in the rear view. And it was almost like, like God was saying, like, Tim, you got to stop looking in the rear view so you can take hold of what I have ahead of you. I just wonder as we begin this new year, a new season of life and ministry, maybe we just need to set aside some things and with prayer and fasting and say, God, what do you, what do I need to forget? What do I need to let go of? What's the new thing that that's trying to do? And God, help, help me to perceive it. Help me to see, see what you're doing in the moment so I can take, take action on it. He's got new seasons for you. I love this in, in Acts chapter 13. Um, this was a season of prayer and fasting. God did a new thing. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I'd called them. And check it out. Like for us, we're like, oh yeah, for sure they sent Paul. Oh, for sure they sent Barnabas. For sure there's missionaries. For sure a missionary movement was birthed in the New Testament. But they didn't know this at the time. Like this was not common. That, like, missionary, that missionary was not even a word. But through prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Do, do you understand it? I need you to take action on this. And then check it out again. Then with, what do they do? They, they fasted some more. They prayed some more. They laid their hands on them and they, they sent them off. I'm just saying prayer and fasting prepares us for new seasons of life and ministry. Acts 14, 23, we see it again. This is Barnabas and, and, and Paul. Now they're, they're going, they're starting churches. This missionary movement's been launched. And what do they do? Paul and Barnabas, they appointed elders. They appointed pastors. They appointed leaders in this, this local church community. And with, check it out, prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Look, Paul and Barnabas knew that, that there would be challenges ahead of these, these church leaders. They knew they were going to take some shots. They knew things weren't going to always go according to, to plan. And so what do they do? They fast and pray for the leadership of the church. Why? Because fasting prepares us for new seasons of life and ministry. And as we pray over these next 21 days, God's going to drop some dreams in your heart. God's going to reveal some things that he desires to do in your life, in your family, in your city, in your situation. And I'm just, just saying, let's just respond with a yes. Say, yeah, we'll do that. We're going to step up with courage and take hold of what God has planned for us. Sixth benefit of prayer and fasting is that fasting brings healing. Fasting, it, it brings healing. Uh, fasting has become super popular in a lot of mainstream uh, actors and actresses and, and, and athletes. Um, one guy, Phil Milkison, a great golfer, he fasts on a regular basis. He, he attributes it to one of his keys to success at his age. And so fasting's kind of become to the forefront. And, and there's, the reason for it is there's so many benefits of fasting. Uh, University of Indiana did a study, and uh, here's what they found. They found that fasting uh, had a, the effect of significantly lowering cholesterol, lowering blood pressure, and relieving arthritis. University of Indiana. Another medical report found these benefits of fasting. They said it, it promoted blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance. It promotes better health by fighting inflammation. It enhanced heart health by improving blood pressure, triglycerides, and cholesterol levels. It boosts brain function and prevented neurodegenerative disorders. Uh, it aids weight loss by boosting metabolism. Typically over a 21-day fast, like I'll, I'll typically lose about 20 pounds. That's a beautiful thing. 
things, we kick off the new year and enjoyed Christmas. And everyone said, amen. All right. Uh, it, it increases uh, growth hormone secretion. That's awesome. Uh, it delays aging and extends longevity. And finally, it aids in cancer prevention. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of healing that takes place as, as, as people fast. But check this out. This isn't just like, 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 for science, you can go do the research. You can, you can find all those statistics. But like, isn't it nice to know like science is finally catching up with the Bible's been saying for years? It, it, here's what Isaiah 58, 8 says. It says, it says so then you should, should, should fast. Then you should, when you call a fast, like you do this fast. The whole chapter of Isaiah 58 is talking about ways not to fast. How some fasts are actually displeasing to God. We do it with the wrong heart, wrong motive. But he says, when, when you do it the right way, and the way just says, God, we just want more of you, more of your presence in our life. It says this, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing, your healing will spring up speedily. Uh, that's awesome, right? There's so many benefits to prayer and fasting. And I would just say this too, like if you're not, if you're just fasting but not praying, then man, you're like on a terrible diet. Uh, but, but prayer and fasting together is a beautiful thing. And it leads to, to spiritual breakthrough. There, there are great benefits to just fasting, but prayer and fasting together is what pleases the heart of God and leads to, 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 to breakthrough. And so I'm just believing for you, with you, over these next 21 days, there's going to be people watching this right now, and God's going to touch you. Like, like maybe you've been praying for years for that, that physical element to go away, and over these next 21 days, I'm just believing God's going to do it miraculously. I believe that that mental healing is going to take place. Some relational healing is going to take place. Spiritual healing for all of us is going to take place because God's word, it, he promises it. And medical research backs it up as well if that's not enough. Finally, the last one, seventh benefit of prayer and fasting is that fasting gives us a greater awareness of God's presence. A greater awareness of God's presence. And honestly, for me, I think this is the top one. I, I don't know about you, but I just need more of an awareness of his presence in my life. I, I don't know if you're the same way, but whenever I uh, spend my, my time with Jesus in the mornings or, or whenever it takes place throughout the day, sometimes it takes me a while to like feel like close, you know, like I talk to him, I read the Bible, but then like, you know, like 15 minutes later, some time goes by then I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. Now we're, we're close again. But my experience has been whenever I'm praying and fasting, I just sense his, his closeness all the time. Like there's not, there's not this gap to where I feel like, yeah, now I'm in his presence. Like he's near. I have a greater awareness of his presence. And you, you will too. Again, back to Isaiah 58. The whole chapter of Isaiah 58 is on, on prayer and fasting. And, and he says this, verse 8 and 9, then then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Now check this out. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he'll say, here I am. Some of you watching this, maybe you feel like, I don't know that I've ever heard God speak to me. I'm just inviting you to go on this 21 day journey with us. And as you pray, as you fast, I guarantee based on the authority of the word of God, you're going to hear from heaven. You're going to cry out. You're going to call. And you're going to hear God say, here I am. I'm right beside you. A greater awareness of his presence. 
Man, so many benefits to prayer and fasting. Here's just, just seven of them. Again, if you embark on this 21-day journey with us, here's what you're going to experience. We got them for you here. Fasting humbles our soul. Fasting, it, it helps secure favor in situations. Fasting helps us discern God's will in this new year. Uh, fasting gives us power to break through demonic strongholds. Fasting prepares us for new seasons of life and ministry. Fasting bring healing and fasting gives us a greater awareness of God's presence. And I want that for you. My hope, my prayer is that these wouldn't just be seven things that we know take place as we pray and fast cognitively. My prayer for you is that this would be your experience as we embark on this journey together in this new year of 2022. Let me pray for you. Well, God, we just thank you for the reality of the promises of your word. We thank you, Jesus, for laying out very clear spiritual disciplines for us to apply to our life so that we can know you better and become the men and women that you called us to be. And so now, God, today, as, as we, we kick off tomorrow with this 21 days of prayer and fast on January 10th, 2022, God, we just commit this year to you. We invite you, Jesus, to speak to us. We invite you to lead us, God. Would you drop vision in our heart, God? Would you give breakthrough to strongholds that have held us back for years? God, would you give us mental clarity, God, to see where you're working and to take action on it? God, for those needing healing in their body, God, I pray that you would reach out to them and bring healing in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bring healing to relationships, healing in their mind. God, that you would... You would just reconnect the wires in some people's brains, God. They wouldn't have to take any more medicine. They wouldn't have to take any, any more medication because, God, you supernaturally touch them as they trust you and step out in faith in this 21-day journey. Jesus, we just commit this time to you. We commit this year to you. And, Jesus, we just need more of you in our lives. So, God, would you meet with us as we embark on this journey together. In Jesus' name, amen.